Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast, that podcast that has given a voice to our veterans. On today's episode, we will continue a My Veteran story with Marine veteran Roy Reyes. But before we get into the episode, are you enjoying the podcast? Then consider becoming the TLA patron. That's the Lost Arts patron. It is through donations that we are able to continue recording the podcast and getting our veteran voices out for all to hear. Just go to the Lost Art website and click on the Become a Patron link at the top. If becoming a TLA patron doesn't work for you and you would rather give a one-time donation, then go to the Lost Art website and scroll down until you see the donation link. Any donation is appreciated. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast and tell your veteran story, then email me at thelostartwithandrewcox at gmail.com. All right, all right, back again for my veteran story with Roy Reyes. This is part two, and now Roy was in uh, Vietnam uh, just getting spun up to uh, be at his new unit and his new place there in Vietnam, Roy. How you how you doing? Doing pretty good, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and jump back in and and kind of start telling us about uh, all your uh, experiences there in Vietnam? Okay, uh, so when I get to my uh, to my new unit uh, in Vietnam again at Enwa uh, Combat Base, I was assigned to the. Bravo Company, First Engineer Battalion, mm-hmm. in support of the Fifth Marines. Uh, I, uh, when I was getting settled into my, to my hooch, uh, uh, for the day, I walk in there and there's this young Marine who's, uh, laid up, uh, uh he was on light duty mm-hmm. and, uh, he had, uh, been, uh, wounded, uh, by, uh, by a, a booby trap. He had, uh, been caught, uh, in a minefield. Okay. And, uh, I was the only NCO, uh, when I reported because the other NCOs that were, had been there had been wiped out by the, by the set, same, uh, uh, minefield. Oh, wow. So, but he was, uh, uh, he was about to uh, get off of a uh, light duty, but he was, uh, the first one that I bumped into when I, when I walked into my, uh, living quarters. Right. Uh, and, uh, his name, uh, Jimmy Phipps. And okay. uh, he's going to be a very, uh, 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 um, uh, um, person that's going to, you're going to find a lot of interest in later on in my story. But anyway, Jim, Jimmy Phipps, so a young guy from California, 19 years old. So the following day, I was, uh, sent out on my first uh, OJT, uh, uh, road sweep, mine sweep, looking for mines on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's when, that's where I, uh, uh, was able to discover this, uh, uh, uh bomb. Right. That, uh, when we, uh, set it off at Torah, uh, the road apart, they had to bring in a bulldozer from the, uh, uh, from the CBs and, uh, patch it back up. Oh, wow. So anyway, 
So right there, you know, I got uh, a lot of confidence my, from my commanding officer saying, well, this guy's good. Yeah. But actually, it was I guess, I don't know if it was luck or good, but, uh, you know, I happened to do that. Anyway, the, the following day, uh went out on a mine sweep again. Mm-hmm. So when we did road sweeps, uh we had um uh, uh, uh grunts uh provide security for us. Right. So so we would uh put uh for um a fire team on one side of us uh and uh another fire team on on the left uh uh, uh walk parallel to us as we walked down the down the road uh on our mine streets. Right. And they were supposed to, to stay at least a hundred meters away from the road. Right. Because uh, the areas, uh, all up and down were saturated with booby traps. Mm-hmm. So if they came any closer, they were in danger of tripping, tripping off booby traps. Oh yeah. So, so they had special instructions when, uh, before we started the, the, the road trees, special instructions, don't bunch up, spread out. And, uh, Stay a hundred meters out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a security, but uh, we don't want you tripping booby traps. Right. Yeah. So my second day, uh, we we're going down the road doing the road sweep and, uh, we lost sight of, um, our fire team on the right side. And, uh, before long, too long, we hear a, an explosion. Mm. So right, right off, we get radio, uh, that one of the, one of the grunts had uh, tripped the booby trap. Right. So. Uh, my second lieutenant, my, 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 my commanding officer, again, he looks at me and says, Corporal Reyes, take the corpsman out there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I just got here. I don't know anything about looking for booby traps, yeah. you know, in, in a minefield. Uh-huh. I don't have the experience. I'm thinking that to myself, but, you know, in a split second, that's my thought was, but, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I had to, I was following, I had to follow orders, so. Right, yeah. I tell, I tell, I tell the corpsman, well, follow me, but, but, uh, don't get too close to me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, well, I, I told him, don't get too close to me. I didn't tell, I didn't tell him I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't yeah, want to scare yeah, him. <laughs> so, so, man, talk about some scary feeling. Yeah. Because I, I'm in the middle of a, literally in the middle of a minefield. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's why they trapped the booby trap out there. Mm-hmm. So that was my first, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, that scenario. So yeah. I took the, the corpsman out there and, uh, unfortunately the Marine, the Marine was dead already. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, brought him back, uh, and, uh, we had tanks that were behind us, uh, as, uh additional security. Right. So, so that was that was the end of the of our portion of the mine sweep because it took uh, that time to attend to the uh, casualty mm-hmm. and bring them back on the road. Uh, so we all got on on uh, on the tanks to head on back to the combat base. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting on the tank and they bring the dead marine and uh, set him or lay him down right next to me. Right. And uh, the tank drives off and. Uh, when he, the tank drives off, he, the dead Marine's hand, uh, uh, swings out and lands right on my lap. Mm. That made me jump. I don't know how high because I had never come across a dead person. Yeah. And that was the first time and to, and, and to feel his hand, you know, it was just such an eerie feeling. Yeah. But, uh, and so that was my first experience of, uh, dealing with that. So, uh, so, a couple of days of that, uh, 
little OJT for me to learn what uh, my, what I was supposed to know. Uh, then I get uh, uh, then I go to my assignment up. But uh, uh, this firebase was called uh, Fulak Six. Okay. And uh, it was overlooking a uh 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 a uh, newly built uh, bridge mm-hmm. that uh, uh that uh, was the uh crossing of a vital uh, was a river and it was a vital supply route that crossed the bridge um, from Danang to Anwa. So the uh, Fulak Six was the fire base and protecting the that uh, that area. Right. Yeah. So. So I was, uh, that was like about, uh, in March that, uh, I reported, uh, to Fulak 6. Uh-huh. Well, we had, uh, at Fulak 6, we had, uh, an artillery battery, uh, manned by 2nd Battalion, 11th Marines, uh, artillery battery. Right. On one side, and it was, uh, like an L-shaped, uh, 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 like high rise, it's not okay. not not exactly a hill, but a high rise, mm-hmm. and uh, it's in an L shape. Uh, so we had uh, the, the artillery battery on one side, the command post in the center, mm-hmm. and then uh, engineers. Uh, uh, it kind of sloped down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Had uh, our tent for engineers, and then the far side had our uh, our infantry, our ground security. Right. Yeah. Recall, m- must have been like a platoon of grunts that were there for security. Right. So, so that comprised the full lock six the, that that hill. Okay. So every every now and then you'd hear uh, the artillery going off in mm-hmm. in fire support. So the sound of artillery going off when it's close enough uh, sounds almost like incoming coming in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds the sound. So, uh, on, on March the 19th, mm-hmm. uh, I've been there like about barely, barely a month, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was past midnight, we were, you know, asleep, mm-hmm. and, uh, we hear, we hear, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, where there was incoming, are going. Most, you know, most of the time you suspect it's ongoing, pretty much, right? Because that's, yeah. that's what it is. So, w- one of the guys gets up, uh, and it's going to open the flap of the tent. So we had tents. Right. And uh, he's, he's wondering what it is because it's pretty noisy. And uh, so then it was incoming. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, where we were at, right behind our tent, it kind of sloped down. Uh-huh. And then the Constantino, the Constantino wire surrounded the whole, uh, you know, uh, support base. Right. But uh, one round hit right behind our heat. Uh, our tent, but since it was sloping down, uh, it wasn't, you know, the shrapnel didn't directly go into our tent, but right. it threw a lot, a lot of degrees into, mm-hmm. into our tent. And, and, uh, the, the one, one of our guys that was looking out to see what it was, it hit the, the degree hit him in his face, you know, he just pulled back and he says, incoming. Mm-hmm. So we all, I mean, run out to the, 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 the backside of the tent. Because that's where we had our foxholes. We had them pretty right. deep, so they were big enough for about uh, about four, maybe four, four of us to be get in there. Mm-hmm. So we had a uh, couple of foxholes. Yeah, uh, two, two or three. And uh, 
what had actually happened, we had been hit by a battalion of sappers and the support of uh, supporting elements, and uh, they had uh, infiltrated the perimeter. They were inside the wire. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and uh, uh, where the mess hall was, there was a, uh, and this was a, uh, these were NBA, North mm -hmm. Vietnam regular army. Yeah. There was one, one of them was uh, shooting down. He had, uh, he had, uh, entrenched himself, uh, or set up himself, uh, right outside the, the mess hall mm -hmm. and started spraying all the area in the direction that we were. Right. And in the meantime, they were running up and down that hill, uh, and uh, throwing satchel charges into the hooches, you know. I mean, right. it was an all night, uh, the drag out, uh, talk about, uh, you know, firefight. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was all hand to hand because they were all, I mean, a whole, a bunch of them got there. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, they had come in through the artillery battery site. Okay. And, uh, by the time they got to our side, the fight was on, had been on for, for a few yeah. minutes. So there was a lot of commotion. Mm -hmm. So they kind of, where we were, we kind of were kind of pinned down because this guy up from up uh, from the mess hall was uh, was shooting a lot of bullets in our direction, so we're kind of pinned down. Yeah. So, so that was from our left, and uh, you know, by this time it was like about two o'clock in the morning. You know, was, mm -hmm. so I, uh, I um, in the foxhole. And the guys who were in there, I mean, they were scared. They, they mm -hmm. were, you could tell by their conversation, they were broken up and mm -hmm. they, they were, uh, you know, obviously pretty shook up about the whole thing. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I, I see this bayonet crawling up, uh, like towards our, uh, the opening of our foxhole. I see right. this bayonet. Um, so I grab it, uh, to, to kind of push it away and, it, and it was this this uh, uh one of the grunts was uh was uh crawling up and trying to find something to hide under also yeah but uh but i scared him and he scared me and we were both you know pretty shook up yeah. about uh, encountering e each other so he had been uh he had been hit he had been wounded uh, but mm -hmm. he, he was trying to get uh, some some uh some cover right but yeah it, it, but anyway the uh the the whole uh fight he left it all night until daybreak and uh, so this was a pretty good indication that uh, uh, their intentions, their plans was to take a hill and uh, to, to dominate, to take over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and from there, whatever they, other plans they had for uh, for the bridge, uh, to destroy the bridge, because uh, they had to have taken the hill before they could, you know, have a free hand at, uh, at uh, uh, destroying the bridge. Yeah. So the next morning, daybreak, uh, everything's pretty much quieted down, mm -hmm. but uh, as I'm coming out, uh, walking towards uh, uh, up the hill, I hear a lot of commotion, and uh, there was an NBA that was spotted in between the concertina. Oh no he, way! Yeah, he had uh, he was trying to get out, but he got caught uh, in between. But then yeah. uh, he was spotted, so so he gets up and tries to make a break, but to get through the concertina, he wasn't doing very well, so. Mm -hmm. As he was doing that, he was, everyone that saw him used him as target practice. He just, uh, oh, wow. shot him full of holes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there's some commotion in, in the, uh, uh, in, in, in the, uh, 
uh, in the mess hall. Uh-huh. The the mess hall was uh, half of it was uh, plywood uh-huh. building, and the back the back end was a uh, just a, a canvas, just a uh-huh. a, a, a canvas uh, uh, hooch. Right, and, that, that, and that's where all the supplies were. So anyway, there's a lot of commotion coming out uh, from the inside the canvas part. Right, and uh, some of the Marines were surrounding it, and uh, so I woke up there and, uh, and uh, wondered what was going on. Well, there was an NBA that was inside. It was inside the the, the supply tent, hmm. and uh, they were yelling to him. And by that time, they had an interpreter, Vietnamese too. Yeah, to talk him out, to bring him out. So they were uh, yelling at each other. The interpreter would yell some stuff to the guy, to the to the NBA. The NBA uh-huh. would yell some stuff back, and they were just like that. So along come this uh, this um, sergeant major, old guy. He looked like he looked like he should have been retired uh, years years ago. You know, yeah. at that time. I mean, old guy with a big old handlebar mustache, uh-huh. and he says, uh, "What's going on, Sonny?" Ask somebody. <laughs> so, so the response was that well, there's a one of the groups is in the tent doesn't want to come out, and he says, "Oh, is that right?" So he takes out his forty-five, opens up the flap to the tent, and just walks in there. Yeah. And then, pow, 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 about <laughs> three rounds. <laughs> oh my gosh! So then he comes out, opens up the flap, and says, "Okay, drag the son of a bitch out." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, this guy has man. This guy has balls." Yeah. But but anyway, so uh, I get called to the command post. Says, uh, "Reyes, I want you to take your engineers and inspect every every dead body out there for uh-huh. movie trap." Okay, so here we go. We go to the artillery battery site and talk about a chaos. I mean, uh, there were dead bodies all over the place. Oh, all wow. kinds of all kinds of mutilation. Uh-huh. Uh, I. I, I woke up uh, to the spot, which was uh, seemed like uh, well, it, it was an NBA uh-huh. uh, uniform was on, but uh, all you could see was a hand sticking out on one end, a foot sticking out on the other end. The rest of it was all hamburger meat. Oh wow! Uh, a, a tank had uh, rolled over and did a, a ninety degree turn and headed in another direction. But so then I see a couple of grunts. They, they have this other NBA, mm-hmm. and they say, "Look at this! Look at this!" So they pull his his hair back, and you can see inside his his skull. Oh wow! The brain, brain was gone, mm-hmm. and that's and that's just walking towards where we're supposed to, uh, you know, where all the other uh, bodies were pretty much concentrated. We're yeah. supposed to check. So along the Constantine, I used to see bodies dangling, half half bodies dangling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a lot of NBA on the ground. You had to pick up, uh, you know, turn over and inspect right. movie traps. So at times you weren't sure. You you had you had to get a like a grappling hook and kind of uh, uh, cling it uh, to the one side of the body and then and then uh, from a distance pull it over, you know, to yeah. uh, inspect this front side. So anyway, the the whole the whole thing was just chaotic. So mm-hmm. the end result that uh, uh, when uh, it's pretty much said and done. Uh, thousands of people there. So they were asking, "Well, how many, how many NBA uh, did you uh, find inside the wire?" Well, uh, ask the engineer over there because they, they were checking them all out. So 
they they look for me. And they they ask me how many uh, had, had we killed inside the wire. Uh-huh. And I had no idea, but I knew there were a bunch of them. Yeah. So I said, I don't know, but about two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I when I read Stars and Tribes when it came out, it had me quoting two hundred. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the actual count that, came, that that comes out in reports is more like uh, uh, at least seventy. But it was, yeah, and, and it was an estimated, but uh, at least seventy bodies. And uh, I don't know if it was twelve Marines that were uh, KIA or uh, it was in the teens, um, twelve yeah. or eighteen, something like that. And wow. a 40, 40 WA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so, but it was a big thing. It was a very big thing to where, uh, when, uh, uh, when we were picking up, uh, all the dead bodies, uh, they would put them on, on, uh, these, uh, mobile carts called, uh, mules. And, mm-hmm. and the mules were, were transport for the, uh, 106s, recallless rifles. Okay. But, uh, they, they made for a, for a, for a for a good platform to uh, stack bodies and mm-hmm. take them out of the perimeter. Right. So they took them out right outside the perimeter, and uh, had a had, uh, 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 bulldozed a, a hole, and they just dropped them in there and just covered them up. Yeah. But while that was happening, and uh, our, our mine sweep, our road sweep was canceled because we were too busy, you know, getting checking out. Uh, they even had us check out vehicles uh, for mm-hmm. booby traps and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but as that was happening, I was uh, pretty much pretty much done with that, and just uh, checking out all these bodies being taken out. I see a bunch of helicopters uh, flying in, fifty threes, forty forty sixes. Oh wow! Uh, or forty? What is it? Forty eight? Forty six? Anyway, forty six. Uh, yeah. So at a distance, they uh, designated a landing spot. Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, I never saw so many brass, you know, generals, major generals. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, full birds. I mean, uh, full of them. Oh. And coming up the hill, lo and behold, was General Orman R. Simpson. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> who I had wow. met uh, when I was when I was in the band at Paris yeah. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's coming up the hill, shaking everybody's hand, congratulations, uh, job well done, all this stuff. Yeah. So he comes up and shakes my hand. Yeah. So, so, so I, I was tempted to say, well, this is my second time, General, because I shook your hand before, but you know, I didn't yeah. go that, that distance, but that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But lo and behold, look at you. Wow. Uh, we're in the same place the second time around. So that, that, uh, that, that was a pretty, pretty scary moment, though. Oh yeah, uh, very, very very tense, and uh, it just uh, I, I read a report later that uh, the 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 same blueprint was used uh, uh, um, uh, in February mm-hmm. uh, of the same year uh, up in the Ashall Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marines had a firebase, and uh, it was called uh, Firebase Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had gone through the same blueprint that wow. they used uh, 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 to try and take uh, Pulak Six. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the and the NBA had even rehearsed before they uh, they attempted the same thing uh, at Cunningham. They had even had it rehearsed, and reason that uh, they, that that was found out because uh, 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 documents were found on one of the dead NBA uh, uh, showing blueprints of the. 
that uh, led to the impression they had rehearsed, rehearsed uh, the, the whole uh, uh, wow. uh, sapper attack. So yeah. because when I read the report, it was the exact blue, exact uh, uh, the way that that they that it was the same way that they the NBA did over there that they you know tried to accomplish it. Yeah. Uh, until I so it was a trained uh, group that to tried to take that hill. And uh, That's crazy. the branch the, the that were close by uh, uh, around the area, they they could not come in and help. They were ordered to stand down because oh, wow. uh, it, the fight was so vicious that they didn't want to risk additional casualties. They said, yeah. uh, leave them up there. They can handle it. Wow. And uh, uh one of the uh, the corpsmen for the for the artillery battery, uh, mm -hmm. David Ray, uh, received the Medal of Honor. As a matter of fact, that night. Oh no, kidding! On that hill, yeah. Wow. Posthumously, posthumously. Yeah. That's a, wow. So that, that was a. Uh, from from there from there on, uh, every day was the same thing. Uh, we had uh, road sweeps, mm -hmm. and. Uh, we did have a lot of casualties, a lot of a lot of uh, grunt stripping booby traps. Yeah. Because again, the whole the whole roadside area between the whole six uh, mile or so mm -hmm. between um, uh, Fulak Six and Enwal, it was uh, saturated with booby traps. So wow. we had a lot of casualties, and that, that was an experience. That was a uh, you know to behold. Uh, yeah. You know, so many so many young kids being uh, blown up and uh, yeah. Uh, at uh, one time, I almost hit by a lower portion of a leg of one uh, that tripped the booby trap, oh my and uh, landed right next to my uh, to where I was standing. Wow! Because uh, I heard the explosion, and it was to my right, and I looked up to my right, and I see a, a black ob a dark object coming in my direction. It fell mm -hmm. not too far from, from where I was, and I looked. Uh, uh, it landed on some, uh, but. A foot high, a twelve-inch height grass area. And when I looked over, it was the lower part of the that Marine's foot from from half the half the leg going down. Yeah. So so there was a lot of that. And my take on that is that I mean, so much so much suffering, so much you know. Seen so many guys that I knew that had lost, uh, well, it was, they'd lost uh, uh, part of uh, limbs, uh, yeah. uh, you know, on the spot uh, because mm -hmm. they just took those booby traps. Yeah, yeah. And uh, seeing how the reaction to some of those uh, uh, the Marines uh, uh, after they tripped the booby trap, uh, some went into shock right off. Some mm -hmm. uh, uh, they carried themselves. Uh, to a point to where they handle it uh, 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 in a way that you just couldn't uh, imagine that by by uh, uh, in their in their bravery to the situation. Right. One, one young kid uh, was uh, trying to help the the corpsman help him get his get his uh, uh, his stump wrapped by saying, "Let me let me lift up the leg for you, doc, so you can wrap oh, wow. it." So. You know the different reactions are just mm -hmm. uh, uh, a sight to, to oh, yeah. uh, 
And you know, you, ne you never know how, how you're going to react uh, in those no, types of situations. No, no. You know, it, it, everybody exactly. is different. So exactly. Uh, and uh, I, I always, uh, I, I always took it uh, personal because uh, I was uh, basically in charge of those of those road trips. I, I was the mm -hmm. one that. Uh, that gave the instructions, gave the orders, and uh, right. the only time I had to stand back was uh, if we ever got ambushed. Then right. uh, the grunts had to do their thing because they, mm -hmm. they were our security. Right. Yeah. So, so that that was pretty intense, pretty, pretty hairy situation. So, you know, that's a lot of responsibility to put on uh, yeah. a motivated corporal, uh, fairly new corporal, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Exactly. You know, you know that, that's a lot of responsibility to do. Um, and I mean, it sounds like you handled yourself very, very well. Yeah, and one thing, and again, I uh, never had the uh, advantage of uh, opportunity to attend NCO school and mm -hmm. and uh, be able to learn some of those, uh, you know, training um, that you could develop into skill. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, everything that I that I exhibited it was through my personal viewpoint of how it should be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it, it was pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And uh, at at one point, I uh, and and I had to hold up myself uh, in front of the in front of my 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 Marines because uh, I was the one in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I had to exhibit uh, I had to exhibit a leadership, even though I was still still trying to learn. Yeah, yeah, leadership. yeah, yeah, and so, not. Not only trying to learn something, but you're trying to learn it in a combat environment uh, yeah. where there's tragedy, you know, left and right. Not only do you have to show that, you know, uh, leadership in that job that you were doing, but you had to show leadership in a, in a sense of uh, how you um, uh, reacted to things and how you were, exactly. uh, you know, being in charge and, and being that leader in those types of situations. Exactly. I, uh, I recall one of my guys uh, uh, who, who were... Uh, on the road sweep, and we got we got sniper fire, uh -huh. uh, so we all hit the like, hit the ground. And uh, one of my new guys, uh, I I called him over. I was going to give him some instructions, and he's uh, doing a crawl to where I was. Uh -huh. And as I see his face, I could tell the fear that he had oh, yeah. being a new guy, you know. And uh, so so that type of situation, you cannot show. The same fear that he's feeling because I um, mean you're yeah. feeling the same thing, but you can't uh, uh, you you can't express give the expression that he's given because then mm -hmm. you put uh, some doubt in that person's mind. So yeah, so it uh, yeah, yeah it, there's a lot to be said about that for you know uh, all the great leaders out there uh, in times of adversity like that. To be mm -hmm. able to be strong in front of everybody, it gives those younger Marines kind of a exactly. um, a, a place to go, you know, they, or something exactly. to look up to in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And th the thing is that uh, to compound that was uh, the older Marines that were there when I got there, uh -huh. and, and there was there were a couple of uh, there that uh, had been there a long time, had been uh, in the Marine Corps for four years as combat engineers, right. and. Um, uh, there were, uh, two, um, specifically that, uh, uh, they were about to, uh, the enlistment was about to expire uh -huh. and, and, and they had been busted for different reasons or other. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, 
so th- they they were like uh, private uh, PFC something like that. Oh but, no kidding! But uh, but a ton of a wealth of experience. Yeah. So so when I come in and uh, uh, they realizing that I had no experience, I mean they 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 tested me. Oh yeah, I'm they, yeah, they, I'm they sure. wrote they wrote me. They, they mm-hmm. tested me. They wanted to find out what what I was all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, that was hard trying to trying to show a standard to somebody that had experience when I had no experience. Wow. But uh, but I used them to learn, and I used it tactfully to where uh, I I I wasn't um, uh, looking. Uh, for the experience in, in a sign of weakness, but mm-hmm. in a sign of strength, you know, let's help ourselves, um, yeah. cause we have a job to do. Yeah, and, and, and I admitted to them that, um, I didn't have the experience, but that's why I depended on them to, to, mm-hmm. to help me develop that experience. And through time, I learned the, re- I earned the respect and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it turned out, it turned out okay. Oh, yeah. But, for uh, sure. but that, uh, that's what, very smart on your, on your part, uh, to just be, kind of level with them and say, hey, look, I don't have the experience, so I'm going to have to rely on you. Uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's very, uh, commendable and, and, you know, demands respect at that point because you were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's set the standard. Let's set the, let's, let's set it straight. You know, let's, uh, we're in this together type yeah. of thing. But, uh, I, at one time, uh, I, I broke down, I broke down, uh, uh-huh. literally, but, but I, I felt, I felt, uh, it coming on, uh-huh. uh, it wasn't. Any environment of uh, of danger, mm-hmm. but uh, I uh, uh, we were doing some kind of project uh, uh, on base. Yeah, and uh, then got word that uh, uh, wasn't one of my uh, wasn't one of my days. It was on, that I was uh, on on mine sweep. Somebody mm-hmm. else had it, but uh, uh, they had missed the mine. And uh, an Amtrak had run over it and uh, yeah. uh, messed up all the guys that were there pretty pretty bad. Yeah. So so when I got uh, uh, knowledge of that, something just hit me. You know, I just uh, I felt uh, like I was breaking down just thinking about it. So I had to walk away, walk off, mm-hmm. and, and uh, go uh, just go on to myself. And I literally broke down. Uh, wow. I don't, I don't remember, uh, well, you ever saw the movie Private Ryan? I think, uh. Yeah, Saving Private uh, Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hanks, he was, uh, the captain. That's right. And uh, it sh- shows an episode where he totally breaks down. I mean, he mm-hmm. just couldn't control uh, all the emotion, all, all the, uh, anxiety, all the, everything just built up, uh, that he just couldn't hold it. It just came out. Same yeah. thing. It, 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 the very same thing happened to me, as a matter of fact. And, uh, and once I went through that episode and I collected myself, I was okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's an important, that's an important part of being able to, uh, um, cope with and, and understand things. I think everybody really at some point in time goes through that. Uh, you can only, you can only handle so much mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at some point, uh, you, you know, something has to give, and yeah, you know, it, it happens. Yeah, it happens, absolutely. So. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, uh, I had a, I felt a lot of pride uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as things, as things were, you know, uh, 
were occurring on a daily basis, whatever it was. We completed a successful uh, uh, mission, so fight. Uh, we would uh, uh, we would take turns. Uh, uh, I was uh, in support of the, the first battalion, fifth marine, solar companies, uh-huh. and uh, uh, the battalions would take turns in uh, securing uh, that uh, Liberty Bridge, Fula Six, the route uh, all the way to Anwa. Uh-huh. Uh, well, another battalion would go into an area that was called the Arizona Territory. Okay. And uh, the Arizona was um, uh, w- was a sanctuary for for the NVA uh, regiments. They come in and have a free will. That was their sanctuary. Oh no. So we, we would take turns and going in in there and uh, and uh, get them out. You know. Yeah. Uh, getting rid of them. Right. So. But uh, as soon as they moved out, another regiment would come in. Mm-hmm. So it was just uh, that, that kind of uh, uh, that kind of war, you know. You 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 uh, took over a territory, you let it go, then they come back in. Yeah. So same thing with Arizona. So uh, uh, before uh, uh, one time uh, when the first battalion was going out, there's a battalion. Uh, I get called into the, the battalion meeting. Uh-huh. All, all the staff, all the officers, all the uh, senior NCOs uh, were, were in the staff meeting prior to going out in that operation. And uh, this, me, I'm sitting I'm in the staff meeting. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, six months ago, whatever, I was in the band, <laughs> the music school. Yeah. And now I'm in a, in, in a Staff meeting going into an operation. Mm-hmm. I said, "This is crazy. This wow." But uh, at the same time, I felt a lot of pride being part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, because stakes are high, mm-hmm. and uh, and responsibility is uh, is high. So, uh, and and you're functioning as a marine. Yeah, but you realize, you know, this is what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I had a great time with the band, awesome time, uh-huh. uh, never regretted. As a matter of fact, I went back to the band when I got back because oh, okay. I still, yeah, because I, uh, I, 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 I was left with uh, the MOS of, of a uh, uh, musician, uh-huh. given the new MOS, so I actually had two MOSs. So oh, okay, yeah, and uh, I would even uh, be called in by the commanding officer. Uh-huh. And uh, for planning sessions on on how to deal with the booby trap situation with the right. minefield, and how how could the uh, uh, how could the, they use personnel in minimizing uh, uh, in situations to minimize casualties? So right. uh, I would be called in on on how to plan different strategies. So that that was uh, you know that's how good uh, uh, the fact that I was doing that. That was uh, so it was a combination of, uh, in my experiences, combination of uh, pride and all that, and, uh-huh. and then a combination of, uh, uh, you know, seeing all the suffering, uh, uh, it was uh, tragedies and all that stuff. So it was uh, an experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how, how you said you were in uh, Vietnam for one year? One year, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a, uh, uh, one time I went to a head up. Pretty scary incident. Uh, uh, 
uh, we, the, the first battalion was given a, through time, you, your assignments uh, varied and your areas of responsibilities shifted. Right. The different areas. So, uh, on, on the total area responsibility for the fifth Marines, uh, uh, there was an area on the, on, 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 uh, one of the perimeters of the area of responsibilities, uh, that was still pretty undeveloped. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Marines held the hills that uh, didn't have no, no established passages. It was just trails that would lead them up to one was Hill 55 that was called. Uh, so, yeah. uh, there was a, and, uh, support for that was another hill that was about, I don't know, about five or so miles. Uh, uh, it was Hill 65. Mm. And, uh, so, uh, to take supplies up to 55, we had to do a, uh, a, a, a mine sweep. Yeah. But uh, the roads were not developed. They were just, uh, like trails. Right. So, yeah. so, uh, we were doing that uh, one time and, uh, uh, supplies were being taken, uh, on a six by. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, and, uh, they were like about, I'm going to say about almost 10 replacement Marines being taken up to, uh, to the, up the hill. Uh-huh. Well, halfway down, walking halfway down, uh, before we got to that hill, and, uh, everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden, I hear a big explosion right behind me. I'm talking about as big as you can get. Right. And, uh, I, I feel this heat hit my back and, uh, as soon as it happened, I turned back and I see a big fireball. Oh no! I mean fireball, and uh, I knew where the I knew what was behind me. It was that that six by mm-hmm. with a bunch of supplies and uh, a load of marines. Yeah, you know, on top of those supplies. Well, when the ball of fire, uh, you know, dissipated, there was no truck there. Whoa! That truck was gone. Wow! <laughs> I mean it was. No truck on the road. Holy so I look cow. to the side, and you see a shell of a truck uh, uh, out of the elephant grass. Yeah. Barely sticking out. I thought, uh-huh. oh, shit, man. man. Hit a mine. Okay, wow. so so we go over to, uh, you see Marines scattered all over the place. I'm talking yeah. about, uh, and uh, I don't think anybody was killed. I don't know. But uh, just to, I guarantee you, just about everybody had broken bones all over their body. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, th- that was the second lieutenant with the replacement that, uh, was one of those on the truck and he was riding in the cab. Uh-huh. And I don't know, it, it threw him. And, uh, when they brought him back, uh, back to the road, I mean, he looked in bad condition. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, he was, a, he, uh, wasn't the serious he was going to be on TIA. You could pretty much tell, but. Uh, he was pretty bad, but wow. but but anyway, that's a uh, that one will never escape me the way mm-hmm. that vision that I you know and Marines all over the place. Yeah, and uh, so everything was going like uh, uh, was going, you know, was everything was fast, going fast, going fast. Uh-huh. We had to pull out all the uh, Marines up to the road, getting ready for get them a matter back, and uh, so. Literally, I called in my first medevac. Okay. That day. Yeah, because wow. the, 
yeah. Well, I called in the coordinates. Uh, mm-hmm. I figured out the coordinates. I helped the the uh, radio man call in uh, uh, call in the Madwick. But uh, mm-hmm. so actually, I I uh, first time I went to that level. Yeah. Uh, having to establish the coordinates and mm-hmm. uh, give give that uh, to the radio man so he could uh, to my radio man so he could uh, uh, hone in the helicopters, the, the Madwick. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but but that was pretty scary. Oh yeah, you know, I, as you've gone through through your life and everything, I mean, you you seem like you're you're fairly. Uh, I won't say it's easy to talk about necessarily, but uh, you you are able to speak to a lot of these things, <clears throat> and yeah. I'm sure over time you've you've had you know different ways of coping with it, uh, uh, things yeah. like that. Uh, what were what were some of your coping methods to be able to get through that? Well, uh, b- believe it or not, I was going through some emotional feelings uh, right now as I was speaking about, yeah. about it. So you never get uh, get uh, you, you never get uh, through through that through not having showing emotions. So right, but uh, uh, actually, I don't have good coping skills because uh, okay. Uh, when I realize uh, some of the things uh, uh, that, that are pretty emotional, I mean, I I get emotional. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and right now I did. I, yeah. I just I, I didn't I didn't show it. I was talking through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, well, that, that's human uh, nature, you know. That's yeah. part of it, I think. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know. I I don't think I'll ever have uh, total you know control. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, emotion, yeah. but 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 the time you, you do, mm-hmm. you know, because you you've uh, you've hashed over it, you talked about it uh, mm-hmm. enough to where it lessens. Yeah, it, it's not it's not as severe. Right. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. when I talk about it, for sure I get chills. Mm-hmm. I do get that. Yeah. And then uh, uh, more severe, you know, I get uh, emotional and right. and uh, uh, to the point to where. Uh, I can tear up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I when I think about it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but uh, there's nothing that I would change, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, casualties are part of it, uh, but right. uh, I wouldn't change change anything. Uh, uh, the, the fact that I was uh, my path in the Marine Corps, musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of pride being to accomplish that, being part of that, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, uh, having a new MOS and and going through the adventures uh, in Vietnam. Right. Uh, you know, I I would I wouldn't change that. Right. Uh, and that's part of my book of life because uh, I see it. Everybody's life is uh, like a book, mm-hmm. full of chap full of chapters. Yeah. Very so true. every episode in your life is a chapter in your life, and uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we have one that's called the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in that chapter, you have, I guess, like sub chapters, and uh, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, a book can get pretty interesting. Depends on their chapters, and I think mine is pretty well rounded, pretty full. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Things I, I can be proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely, you should be proud. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, from what I see and from what I hear, you, you've done very well for yourself. You've handled yourself well through through all the adversity that was thrown at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know that's incredible. You know that's a testament to you. You know. 
Yeah, and that's that's the other thing uh, that uh, uh, the experiences. Uh, uh, once you go through an experience, that you have experience. Mm -hmm. So that uh, that uh, uh, that helps along the the way of uh, being able to handle uh, anything that comes along. And right. Yeah. But anyway, I, I lost my train of thought on that one. But uh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I'll say that uh, you being able to share these these stories and how you felt and and your emotions that's behind it, uh, you know, hopefully it will help those that listen to to know that that is a normal reaction, and you know, oh, to yeah. have those emotions and things like that, and that you can persevere and you can get through it. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, I think that's important yeah, exactly. to let everybody know. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, after after you got got finished in Vietnam, you said you came back to the band after that. Yeah, I was. Uh, my next duty station after that was the tw uh, Twenty Nine Palms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eleventh uh, uh, Engineers, I think, was there. Uh, there was uh -huh. a, uh, so I was assigned to the to them. Uh huh. Uh, I had a friend uh, that was playing. With the band at Twenty Nine Palms that I uh, that I had met at Paris Island, uh -huh. and uh, we had uh, kept communication, so I knew he was there. So when I got to Twenty Nine Palms, I looked him up, and he tells me, "You know what? Uh, uh, there's a vacancy uh, in the band for a drummer." Uh -huh. And uh, you still have the MOS because he knew I had the MOS. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, uh, "I'm going to tell my band officer that uh, about that, and and see if he wants to bring you over." So, so sure enough. Uh, the the band officer requested me over there, and uh, I went TDY mm -hmm. from the engineers over to the band. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I was uh, spent most of the time there uh, with the playing with the band. Yeah, and I, uh, was that uh, was it a drum and bugle corps at that time? No, no, it was the it band. Was band. It was a okay. uh, field field band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget the uh, I forget who the band officer was. Elfies. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, that, that was back in sixty. That was back in seventy. So it's seventy. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I I got into the bad side of the band officer because uh, uh, the band went uh, uh, on a trip to Phoenix. They had mm -hmm. a parade over there. Yeah. And uh, they were they they had us billet at an Air Force base. Mm -hmm. overnight. Uh, so when we got there, uh, I took up some of the band members and we got drunk. They wanted to hear my, band, my, my, my war stories. Yeah. So, and, uh, so we, we almost closed the place down. I mean, not literally, but, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it was my, my friend that I had known from, uh, Paris Island, played trombone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other guy was a drummer, fellow drummer. Okay. Louis Clayton from Arizona. And uh, he got wasted. I mean, he was wasted. <laughs> so we had to drag him from, from the club to, to the barracks through uh, a mighty grass field. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, we, I mean, not in the morning, we get to the band barracks, I mean, to the, to the barracks where we're at. Uh -huh. And by that time, we were singing songs loud. Yeah. <laughs> so the staff came out and said, "Y'all behave, shut up, and get to bed." Okay. <laughs> so the, the the next morning, man I had a hangover big time, and uh, yeah. and Clayton, the other drummer, 
he still had his muddy shoes from the night before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the drum major looks at him and he just gets on his case and, but they knew who was behind it. They knew it was me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the band officer didn't take that very, uh, yeah. very, very, uh, very kindly. So. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, pretty soon after that, uh, I got called by my parent unit, the engineers and the, they called me over because they wanted to inform me that, uh, uh, I was eligible, uh, for an early release. Because, oh, wow. uh, okay. At that time, because I, my enlistment was for four years. Uh-huh. And, uh, at that time when that happened, I had 14 months left to go, my enlistment. Oh, really? But the, uh, the information was that, uh, my MOS, combat engineer MOS, uh-huh. uh, was being reduced in force by two thirds. Oh wow! Because uh, because of the uh, pulling uh, that time uh, we had were pulling out of Vietnam, mm-hmm. so my MOS was uh, uh, pretty much regarded as a combat MOS. So right, yeah. uh, it was being reduced, and anybody over two years uh, was eligible for early release. Wow! So when they gave me the information, and my question was, well, uh, how soon can I get out? Yeah. And the response the response was, as we speak. Oh, no kidding. I said, wow. Yeah, really, exactly. Wow. Yeah, my reaction, exactly. So, uh, I'm at a crossroads, you know, uh, uh, my mind racing as mm-hmm. to what do I do? What do I tell them? You know, yeah. if I tell them, no, forget it. I want to stay in. You know, I lose that opportunity, but at the same time, if I get out, uh, is it really what I want to do? But, uh, yeah. I got to make a decision. So my decision was to, uh, I'll get out. So, yeah. So, I, uh, I was out of, out of active duty release. I was released from active duty like about two weeks later. Okay. And that was in 70? That was in 70. Yeah, May, yeah. uh, middle of May in 70. Okay. May 15, 70. Gotcha. And, and, uh, so, yeah. so what happened with you once you got out? Like, where did you go? What'd you do? I, I, I uh, I, I came back to San Antonio mm-hmm. and, uh, right off started looking for jobs and, you know, uh, there, there was no, no, there was no respect for Vietnam veterans at the time. So yeah, they could care less. Uh, I would be offered jobs at, uh, what? What kind of job is that? You know, they being offered. So, uh, so I was going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, fast. But then I find out, uh, uh, that, um, the, the high school that I went to, which was, a uh, a, uh, local, Economic advanced, uh, advantaged, uh, area, uh-huh. uh, had, had gotten a grant, uh, uh, to train or to, to, uh, put the school, uh, uh, students from that area uh-huh. to, to obtain a teaching degree and go back and teach in that, uh, oh, school okay. district. Okay. Yeah. And 10% had to be veterans. Uh-huh. So, so when I found out about that, I, I, uh, Applied for that program and I, mm-hmm. I was accepted. So, okay. so I got out in uh, middle of May and the program started in June. So, uh, not too much after I got out, I, I started my education. Yeah. I went to college. Okay. And you went to college uh, there in San Antonio? In San Antonio. Yeah. I, I, I had a, I had a hard time because, uh, I, I did went through some heavy bouts with PTSD, which I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't recognized at the time, it didn't yeah. uh, take about ten years later that it was recognized exactly, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, what it was. 
So I I, uh, I had a hard time uh, uh, personally and trying to get through my education, which uh, kind of suffered, but I managed to get my degree. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, worked out okay getting my degree in the, but, uh, with that, I went to work in uh, the social services, uh, area. So, uh, and specifically, I went to work with veterans programs. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So, uh, I, I put in like about almost about 20 years working with veterans programs and, uh, assisting uh, veterans transition out of, out of active duty and find jobs yeah. and get into education and working with homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in between, uh, uh, I uh, retired from the city of San Antonio. Uh, uh, I worked with the health department, uh, uh, working with a uh, center for disease control. Okay. Uh, so I retired there. So uh, I worked with veterans programs part of that. I worked with the city, got, uh, retired from there. We're back to working with uh, veterans programs, and uh, mm-hmm. that was my my last uh, employment uh, uh, okay. scenario situation. So very nice. But but I I, uh, I got involved a lot with veterans programs, uh, services, community services. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, selected as a Vietnam Veteran of the Year by the San Antonio Greater Chamber of Commerce oh, wow. uh, uh, back in the late. Oh, my, I think in 89. Okay. Uh, uh, I was, uh, selected to my school district's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame for my school district, which is uh, comprised of three high schools. Oh, okay. Uh, because of my community services and, uh, yeah. uh, veterans, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, being a veteran stuff. And, uh, so all, all in all, you know, it shaped up. Uh, it took a long time uh, mm-hmm. to get through my adventures and experiences uh, from the military because yeah. of uh, what I had gone through. But I survived, like you said. I, 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 uh, I survived and uh, yeah. done done pretty well. I, uh, I, I'm still pretty involved with veterans programs, mm-hmm. uh, homeless veterans, and uh, very active and and uh, do whatever I can to to work with those uh programs and uh and, and veterans and, okay. and 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 that's why i travel now that i because i'm pretty much uh retired don't work yeah uh so i like to travel and visit uh, uh marines yeah i i i feel i i feel at home uh i feel that's my family that's my kind mm-hmm. uh of course uh a marines always you know marines Type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So last last year I went to uh uh I visited San Diego, I visited mm-hmm. Miramar, visited Camp Pendleton. Okay. Uh I'm pretty close to uh, to the Bend officers and the uh, masters uh, and uh Bend uh, uh <clears throat> Bend Masters. Bend Master yeah. Bend Masters mm-hmm. of, of East mm-hmm. and same thing at Paris Islands. So I've gotten pretty close. Uh okay. I, I uh uh, attended the Marine Corps Ball, uh, uh the West Coast, uh, yeah. bands. And uh, are you a member of the, uh, uh Marine Corps Musician m- Association? Musicians? I, I'm a member of them. And okay. I'm also a member, I'm also a member of the, uh, Band of America's Few. Okay. Yeah. 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 Played a concert with them, uh, in Lex, in, uh, Kentucky. 
okay. this past November, past November, very nice concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that group gets around pretty good. They do quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, awesome sounding band. Yeah, uh, I I've been with them for about three years now. Okay, and uh, had a great time. Yeah, very nice. So, so I'm doing those kind of things. Uh, and because I, I even though I left the Marine Corps, I never left the Marine Corps. I I was absent, uh, you know, physically, well, mentally for a while because of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the uh, effects of uh, being involved in, uh, you know, in the environment that I was in the Marine Corps. Right. Yeah. You know, definitely affected my life, mm-hmm. uh, uh, social, uh, private. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through the divorce situations a couple of times, that type of thing. So, yeah. So, so definitely went through those, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, things have uh, uh, got to where uh, things have worked out, and uh, yeah, things are th- things are good. So, yeah. Well, I have to tell yeah. you, I I'm very impressed with your with your story. I'm very impressed with everything that you've done, uh, not only in the Marine Corps, but uh, after the Marine Corps, you know, and uh, the veterans and and helping the veteran community and stuff like that is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know what. What is something that uh, if you were going to leave all the listeners with something, what is what is that uh, thing that you think you would want to leave them with? Well, uh, you know, give your experiences, share your, your experiences uh, uh, where it's going to benefit uh, and uh, do for your community. Do for and as veterans do for your veterans, because uh, uh, they they are in a situation where you were at one point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, could use guidance that you've, uh, uh, of experiences you've learned, uh, through a lifetime of experiences and, and, and basically get involved, get involved. And, uh, and, uh, one area to get involved with is, uh, our veterans coming out. A lot of them having issues, problems, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, wherever, when, anytime you can encourage, uh, for them to, uh, to get into, uh, some kind of support if there's issues, problems, uh, you know, definitely be there to to uh, let them know that uh, you're there to help. Yeah, uh, of course. Most mo- most of our veterans, uh, they're in good hands. Uh, they, they do well coming out. Uh, so uh, you 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 have to encourage each other. Uh, when uh, the the uh, uh, desert uh, storm came around, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we veterans were were actively, actively uh, demonstrating, showing that we supported, we supported our troops. Yeah. Uh, and whatever happened to us, uh, we didn't want that to happen to them. Yeah. Uh, very true. So, so, but, uh, uh, definitely use your experience to get involved, um, uh, for the right, uh, reason for the right cause. Right. Well, that's, that's great advice. Uh, Roy, thank you. Thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for telling your veteran story. Uh, from me to you, uh, I, I just want to say welcome home. I, I know that when you guys came back from Vietnam, it wasn't necessarily a good welcome. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel it's important to say that to you. Uh, so, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you've done for this country, uh, for the Marine Corps, uh, and for all the veterans out there. And uh, you are definitely somebody that uh, everyone can look up to. Uh, so thank you for what you do. You're, you're welcome. And, and you know, on that note, I've had uh, uh, kids, kids come up and uh, 
and and uh, tell me thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for your service. You know, yeah. kids. I, and uh, I had one not too long ago. Uh, uh, I think I was at Disney World. I had my jacket on, mm-hmm. which has a bunch of patches, you know. Yeah. And uh, I I know that their parents point them out and say, you know, give them good, good uh, 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 guidance. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, sh- sh- show them, what, you know, the right things to do. And I'm sure that yeah. the, par- the parent says, uh, you know, that's a better. Go t- say thank you. But uh, uh, the little girl must have been like about seven, ten at the most, and comes yeah. up and uh, and she tells me that. But I could see in her face that she was sincere about it. She was nice. actually actually meant it, and uh-huh. it really hit me. You know, uh, I uh, after she left, I wanted I I think to myself, uh, I need to find the little girl and tell her thank you that it meant meant a lot because yeah. I didn't say enough by saying thank you. Yeah. So, oh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, but uh, you you're welcome on your thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Roy, it's been fantastic having you on here. I'm sure that everyone uh, that's going to tune in is going to absolutely love your stories. Um, and you did a fantastic job on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, if there's anything you ever need from me, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you got my name, you got my number, all that type of stuff. So uh, I'm okay. here for you. Oh, and I forgot to mention. Uh, Earlier, I had uh, mentioned the name of Jimmy Phipps. Yeah. When when I was first reported uh, to my uh, unit uh, at Enwa in Vietnam, that's the first uh, person that I uh, bumped into when I when I walked into my barracks. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Phipps was uh, uh, was on light duty because he had been uh, uh, injured uh, from a booby trap. Uh-huh. So when I was uh, uh, sent to uh, Fulak Six take over that uh, unit over there, right. uh, he went with me. So he was with me uh, until an episode, uh, and uh, he received the the, uh, the Medal of Honor for this. But uh, wow. Jimmy, Jimmy Phipps was a 19-year-old from Culver City, California, uh-huh. and uh, he was a very uh, uh, can-do type of uh, Marine. Uh-huh. He was always volunteering. I always wanted to help. Uh, when we were on a road sweep, mine sweep, uh, same thing. Uh, and uh, somebody, one of the security hit a booby trap. Uh-huh. Uh, without hesitation, he would uh, jump up uh, and whatever he was doing, he was on a mine detector or whatever. He would, uh, uh, he was ready to take the corpsman out there, right, which yeah. was a da- which was a dangerous situation because uh-huh. uh, if uh, our security hit a booby trap, that meant that there were other booby traps up there. So in essence, it was a minefield. Wow. So Jimmy Phipps was uh, uh, ready to uh, to take charge and take the Corman out there. Right. Yeah. So we had uh, uh, two engineers assigned to every company, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I had a vacancy. One of the one of the companies, I think, it was Charlie Company, uh, needed uh, uh, the second engineer out there. So I mean, nobody wanted to go out. With a grunt company because uh, they were subjected to all the uh, hazards of a of a uh, of a grunt grunt company, right? Because uh, they they were part of a the element of a grunt company. So uh, when uh, I had to replace, I had to send somebody to uh, Charlie Company. Uh-huh. I asked for volunteers, 
I said, uh, who wants to volunteer? If not, I'm going to have to pick somebody. So Jimmy Phipps realized that uh, nobody was interested. So he said, I'll go. Right, yeah. So he went uh, with Charlie Company. About a week later, not too much after that, uh, got report that uh, he was KIA. Oh, no. Yeah, and uh, later we found out the details. Uh-huh. And uh, later we realized that uh, he had received the Medal of Honor. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, out, out, in the, out in the field, uh, uh, his company was running across a lot of uh, uh, booby traps and uh, uh-huh. hazardous structures or, or rather devices. So it, there were so many that he ran out of C4, which was uh, what we used to detonate uh, any device he wanted to detonate. Right. So he used alternate uh, means of uh, of uh, exposing of that uh, ordnance that they found, uh-huh. and uh, it was uh, had a secondary device booby trap oh, that was set up by yeah. So we was trying to rig uh, uh, something to set up of an explosive. He, he was trying to to rig a uh, hand grenade okay. to 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 detonate the the the, the uh, hazardous device. Right. So uh, it went off. When I was doing that, he triggered the secondary device. Uh-huh. So when he realized what had happened, uh, he had a security around him. When he realized what happened, he immediately jumped on the expl- and, uh, on the uh, the explosive device, which was pretty substantial. And uh-huh. uh, so, in other words, he took uh, uh, he he protected the others. So, uh, so he. Put him, put his life on the line too to do that. So he got the Medal of Honor. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, so I want. Uh, I meant to add that, and I just forgot to, to mention that in the discussion that we had yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's uh, that's definitely a powerful story. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, I uh, I did receive a, a promotion to E five. Uh, in June of uh, 69. So it was pretty rapid uh, promotions that I got uh, because I got my E4 in December uh-huh. prior to Vietnam. And six months later, uh, I was promoted to, to E5. Wow. I, so, I guess you were doing the right things then. I I guess so. I You know, apparently somebody's looking uh, at what you're doing. You don't realize it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and uh, on my evaluations, I, I noticed the one thing that uh, my commanding officer put that I was uh, uh, above average in uh, technical handling uh, handling of uh, Marines uh, under my, uh, uh, my responsibility. Right. Yeah. So nice. I, I guess it all that all helped them get yeah. promoted. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, traveled to some of the Marine Corps, uh, some of the bases visited. Uh, some Marines, especially with with the band, right? Yeah, and, and uh, uh, I was approached by one of the band members at, uh, at San Diego, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very interested uh, in Vietnam veterans and uh, and, uh, and and stories. He had a, a helmet, a Vietnam era helmet, oh, really? which he which he uh, asked me to autograph. Oh wow! And, Very cool. And uh, yeah, he he wanted to get as many autographs from Vietnam veterans as as he could. Uh, so yeah. 
so, and uh, he wanted to hear our story. So, you know, this is something that we can hand down to younger Marines because I know they are interested. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and and that's that's kind of the the whole premise behind uh, the my veteran story thing is is uh -huh. I want to document as many stories as I can, uh, yeah. and then allow uh, uh, well a couple of different things. One is allow the younger Marines that are in now to kind of hear mm -hmm. those stories and know that what they're going through, you know, we went uh, we went through as well, and then right. uh, and then also for the veterans just to be able to kind of tell their story, so maybe their families or their friends or other people, because you know not all veterans will sit down and just tell their story. That uh, is very true. But doing it in an environment like this, you're you know you're by yourself, you're just having a one on one conversation. Uh, it tends to open up a little bit more and uh, yeah. and then then your family get to hear a little more insight to what what kind of took place. Oh, yes, definitely. So, so I, I really appreciate what you're doing uh, because uh, it's really doing good uh, in, in the way, perspective that you put it. Yeah. Anything else you'd well, like to say? No, th thank you, Andrew. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. I. Uh, uh, I was uh, trying to think of the things that that happened as I were as I was uh, talking. So yeah, but uh, uh, there could have been a lot more I could have shared. So, so. <laughs> well, we'll have to have <laughs> you back on at another time for sure. That, yeah, yeah, sure. uh, anytime. Uh, okay, I'm open to any time. So, but okay. thank you for this awesome. opportunity. To all the listeners out there, I want to thank you for joining us on today's podcast. As a reminder for all veterans, if you are struggling and need assistance in any way please reach out for help. The VA has an incredible website and helplines to assist you in your time of need. Just go to the veteranscrisisline.net. That's the veteranscrisisline.net. There are several ways of reaching out for assistance through the VA. For a crisis emergency, just dial 988 and then press 1. Again, dial 988 and then press 1. You can also chat online by going to veteranscrisisline.net and clicking on the chat icon. You can also text for assistance at 838-255. Again, that's 838-255. All calls are confidential and you only have to discuss what you feel comfortable discussing. If you are in need of help, don't hesitate to call. You matter to me and all of your veteran community. One veteran suicide is one too many. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, there are new episodes of the Lost Art with Andrew Cox podcast daily, Monday through Friday. Stay motivated and change your socks.